1: I stay off of the basketball court okay you know i want to be able to be functional for to, to to play with my kids but i am not going to um try to you know say that i'm a great basketball player you know i'm a try hard okay. guy okay. i'm a try hard guy great de- great defender uh-huh Jim uh, rat yeah, yeah. And, and and on the offensive end i unbelievable point guard i'm gonna drive and then dish okay every single time not 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 great point production but in the he got game uh, rankings,
2: I, I'm, I'm up there. I always want to start with, we've got a great episode of From the Pink Seats, but we truly have got a great episode of From the Pink Seats today with a very special guest, Louisville has added several new pieces to the coaching staff under Scott Satterfield this offseason, including at the offensive coordinator and wide receiver coach position. Today we'll be joined by Lance Taylor, who comes over as the run game coordinator and running backs coach from Notre Dame, has experience coaching in the NFL with the Carolina Panthers, also coached guys like Christian McCaffrey and Bryce Love at Stanford, two Heisman contenders and two of the best running backs of the last 10 to 15 years. Coach Taylor brings a, uh, a slew of experience in coaching high dynamic offenses, and what you brings to this offense this season has the potential to be special because as i welcome in here matt mcgavick my co-host who joins me today matt we saw last year that it came down to a matter of inches both on offense and defense but as we talked about in our offensive review the situational play calling the goal line play calling the third down play calling and some of the things that just didn't make a whole lot of sense i think coach taylor is going to be able to come in here and have a new fresh eye and perspective to get that stuff righted
3: Oh, absolutely. And I hate to use a, a cliche like we were this close. We were this close. I mean, they truly were. But after just talking to Lance Taylor, its someone I've, I've gotten to know since he was first introduced. I've had a few conversations with him. He's incredibly knowledgeable. And after just getting to talk to him in this interview, and of course, we asked about that situational play calling. It, it's hard not to feel a little bit better in that regard to think that that extra set of fresh eyes will at least help with the overall game plan for the offense and see meaningful progress in that department.
2: That's right, and Coach Taylor also brings a great experience, great connections in the recruiting department, obviously coming from Notre Dame, one of the top perennial recruiters in college football. We've seen that play out already in the class of 2023, and in this episode, we're going to dive into all of it. We're going to talk about his experience at Notre Dame, what he saw out of Louisville when he was on that coaching staff, his relationship with Scott Satterfield, what to expect from the new receivers in the receiver room in general this year, as well as uh, some other things on Malik Cunningham, the running back room, Uh, and of course, like I said, recruiting. We'll jump into all that in this episode. If you're not already, be sure to subscribe to the podcast anywhere you get your podcasts from. If you're a new listener here, you can follow us on Twitter at Pink Seats Pod. You can follow this guy here at matt underscore mcgavick he is the deputy editor of cardinal report of sports illustrated and if you are interested i don't know why you would be but you can give me a follow as well at jacob lane 08 and check out the state we just dropped a new episode this morning with jake smith former louisville offensive lineman a great episode diving into nil and the charlie strong days for louisville so if you haven't after this episode is over go ahead and cue that up and you can jump right into it but without further ado let's go ahead and bring in coach taylor Now joining us here on From the Pink Seats podcast, we teased it in the intro, Coach Lance Taylor Louisville's uh, new offensive coordinator, assistant coach on the offense there, coaching the wide receivers. Coach Taylor, how are you? Welcome into From the Pink Seats. Good. Doing great. Thanks for having me, guys. Go, Of course. I want to I want to start here with this about uh, going back into your Notre Dame days as a coach. You were there from uh, really the timing lined up almost identical to Scott Satterfield at Louisville. So you were there in 2019 and 2020 when Louisville played Notre Dame uh, at home at Cardinal Stadium and then went up to South Bend for the return game. I remember like yesterday in 2019, that first couple of drives, Juwan passed, scoring those touchdowns and then Notre Dame kind of coming back and eventually taking the lead. And then 2020, Louisville's defensive effort was just incredible, Uh, held Notre Dame, I think, to 12 points. Uh, and, you know, kind of made in book, just look kind of pedestrian in a way. So what was your impression of Louisville at that time? And obviously you're familiar with Scott Satterfield, but what did you see on the field from them and how they were just kind of progressing under his uh, tutelage?
1: Yeah, I, I tell you, both of those years, both of those games were, were battles. Um, we, we had to, to fight to win both those games. And I've known Scott for a long time. I um, think the world of him as a coach, you know, he's won everywhere he's been. I think that he does a great job. Um, you know, uh, building, building his team the right way. And they're always well-coached, disciplined football teams. And you saw that both times that we played them. I mean, you know, both battles were, were, were different, just like you said, but when they came to um, you know, Notre Dame, they gave us all that, that that we could handle. And, you know, we had to battle for four quarters to, to get out of there with, with a win. And, you know, that was a pretty good offensive football team that only scored 12 points. And, um, you know, uh, again, it was, uh, you know, just the, the more of the same. I mean, you know, it was a disciplined, well-coached, tough, physical football team from Louisville. I was very impressed with their players, you know, the way that they battled. You know, I thought that if we came out and really got after them early, that they would, you know, wouldn't be able to last for four quarters and, And they did. And, you know, I think that's a testament to, you know, the guys that are in the locker room here. Um, And then also, you know, what coach sat and his, his um, staff has done.
3: And it, it seems like only yesterday that you just came on it. it, I can like still vividly recall going to your introductory press conference, getting to talk to you and get to know you. But in reality, it's almost the six month mark you brought in all the way in January, go through spring ball progressing through summer workouts. Now, overall how has the transition been in that five to six month period
1: you know it's funny matt um i actually just somebody just reminded me that that um yesterday they were like you know they were like how, how long have you been here in louisville and i was like oh you know a couple months and my wife goes no you've been here six months <laughs> you know and uh so uh time flies when you're having fun uh but you know i, I think uh since since hitting the ground it's been hit the ground running Uh, with tons of things to to try to do implement um, people to get to know and you know between um, you know our current roster what we're trying to build towards the 22 season um, spring practice and then also what we're doing in recruiting I mean it's been fun man there's a lot of energy excitement buzz right now around the program and I tell you I mean I couldn't ask for anything more from from our fan base and from you know our, our you know just loyal followers I mean the, the, the Louisville people and fan base just they, they they're craving you know more right mm-hmm. I mean they want they, they want a winner, they want a great product on the field. they want us to be great in recruiting. they want us to be great on the field, off the field, all those things. and so we've got all the pieces in place. It's been really really exciting. I tell you it's been a really exciting six months um, and it, it has flown, flown by. You know it's it's flown by, and you know there's there's a couple months here left to go before we get into um, fall camp in the season, and and a lot left to do.
3: Now, before I get into more football questions, I gotta ask: It's been half a year. Do you have a go to food joint here in Louisville yet? Oh
1: man, um, there are so many really good spots. <laughs> I mean, you know, a couple of our uh, go tos. Um, you know, I love the Eagle. Um, we love yes. my um, wife and I love Simply Time, so we live, okay. you know right yep. there in, in St. Matthews area. So, you know, huge. Time. We eat there probably twice a week. <laughs> um, you know, we had um, uh, what is it, Taco Luchador? Is that the, yeah. uh, the taco yeah, spot there? That's yeah, that's a good spot. Drake's is a good spot. You know, we we uh, like to go. Got a little bit of everything, but but Louisville is a great foodie spot. I mean, when you talk about food and drink and you know, just uh, there's there's so many great places. We're just now tapping, you know, we're just tip of the iceberg right now in terms of spots that we like. But those are a couple that we that would that are our go-to's.
3: Yeah, the Eagles got some really good fried chicken. But anyways, oh, yeah. being the uh the wide re- sorry, dog is in the <laughs> Being the uh, being the wide receivers coach, obviously there's been, you know, a little bit of turnover at the position with a couple guys hitting the portal, including Tyler Harrell, Jordan Watkins. But you guys have done a Pretty solid job kind of reloading at the position. You bring in Tyler Hudson. He's an FCS All-American. Bring in D. Wiggins. He comes from Miami. He's shown his potential. He certainly torched Louisville in 2019. How has the turnover impacted you as a coach? I'd imagine as a first-year guy at Louisville, it hasn't changed much in, in regards to your offensive planning.
1: No, um, you know transition and turnover right now is the name of college football. I mean, I think when you you know I think when it happens to your team, people obviously want to say, "Oh man, the sky is falling. What's going on, Uh, man?" You know how how could it happen to us? But I mean, from from Georgia to Alabama to Ohio State to. Louisville to whoever. I mean, there there is turnover and there's transition at a high rate right now in in college football, and that's the world that we live in. You know, with with transfer portal and NIL world and everything else that's going on within that within that space. I think that that's what it what it brings, um, and what we're going to continue to see. And as a coach, you just have to learn to operate. I mean, I think me having had experience coaching in the NFL and having having experience with free agency. Um, maybe I'm a little bit more equipped to deal with it um, and maybe just a little bit more, you know, um have, have been exposed to it a little bit more I mean you know an NFL roster is constantly turning over mm-hmm. I mean and you're turning over even during the season I mean you're bringing yeah. in guys even during the season if you have injuries and you know just trying to replace an upgrade and so um that's a little bit of the way that I'm wired is how do we continually upgrade our roster and continually try to get better each each and every day um and so uh, those pieces that you, that you mentioned, Tyler Hudson, has been awesome. I mean, he's going to have a great year. Really excited about him. Uh, D. Wiggins had a great uh, spring camp or, or spring practice. Um, has he had even a better summer so far? Um, I'm, I'm pleased where he is coming out of spring. He was just uh, at the end of spring just getting um, to, to know the offense, learn the offense, and so where he can go this summer is, is exciting. Um, and, and then, you know, getting a couple pieces, you know, back, you know, healthy. Uh, Amari, you know, I think he's, he's ready to have a, have a really big year. Braden, uh, get him back healthy. He looks really good. He's way ahead of uh, schedule right now in terms of, you know, his, his rehabilitation. Um, and so th- those pieces are are really exciting. And, you know, again, I I think, um, you know, excited about where this, this group is and having come out of spring, I felt really good about the pieces that we do have in place and really thankful that we, we got some pieces in in the portal as well. I think they're going to help us.
3: Nearly every person around the program we've talked to that we've asked about him has nothing but glowing things to say. I remember going to a couple of practices during spring ball. I got a chance to see him in person and he, he looks like he could be, truly an impact guy in the ACC, even though he's come from the FCS level, what kind of has stood out um, to you about him since he's joined the program?
1: Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's hard to say this, but he's just a really good football player. Um, He's got really high football IQ. He understands the game. He understands how to work uh, man versus zone. He understands how to work leverage. He understands how to get open and use his body and his frame. I mean, he's just one of those guys that, you know, there's really nothing that you would say is is sexy about him. Or, you know, uh, I think a lot of people would have question marks because he's coming from a lower level. Can he do it, you know, at level one and power five and in the ACC? And he's absolutely shown that, that he can do that. But I think it's all the intangibles to me that he brings, not, not necessarily, you know, he's, he's got a big body, you know, great, great body, great frame, good length, all of those measurables he, he's got. But I think it's the intangibles that makes him so special. I mean, it's what's between his ears. And I mean, you know, he is a competitor. <laughs>
2: One of the bright spots in Louisville's offense the last couple of years has been the ability from Malik Cunningham to connect on deep balls, 60, 70, 80, 90 yards. I mean, I know in 2019 they held a stat that uh, they were the the top um, producer of 60, 70, and 80-yard plays, which is just unreal. Um, and last year we saw that in chunks. Obviously there were some struggles, but um, considering the, the deflection of Tyler Harrell, um, what does that deep ball kind of look like now? Is it more like we have a, a guy that we know we can slot in who can be our deep threat, or is it more let's go find – two, three, four guys in this roster who can become that deep threat. Uh, and they may not be that from day one, but over the season kind of progress them into roles like that. Yeah,
1: I think uh, th- that's exactly what we're
2: trying to do is, is find out who our playmakers are
1: and then how to distribute the ball. I think one of the things Malik does have an unbelievable deep ball. I mean, when I watched him on tape before I took this job, I was so impressed with his deep ball accuracy. I mean, the post and the goes to, you know, and Particularly, you know, the post um, Tyler Harrell and, and some of those deep shot playmakers were, were you know, two, two before that were, were just unbelievable. I mean, incredible. And so, you know, I, I think that um, right now we're trying to find out who those pieces are. And, and that's me being a new coordinator. That's us bringing in some new pieces. Who are those pieces and how do they fit? I mean, I think Amari Huggins is one of those guys who's going to have a huge year this year. He's got the speed, you know, to take the top off down the field. He's also really good in the slot. So I think, you know, finding a combination of ways to use him and get him the football Um same thing with Tyler Hudson. We just talked about him, but just finding different ways to get him the ball. Um, he's faster and a deeper threat. We saw that in the spring uh, multiple times against our own defense and, and scrimmage situations. He can take the top off and stretch the field. So, I mean, he's a guy that, you know, you wouldn't necessarily think of as deep threat and speed. Uh, but we have several guys that, that that can stretch the field. And I think I think the thing that that does too is, is and, and the thing that we're really stressing with Malik is – Take what the defense gives you, right? Let's not force the ball. Just because we've got a shot called and we've got a deep post called does not mean that we have to throw the deep post. If it's not open, check it down or go to read number two, three, and then check down. Like take what the defense gives you. If they want to stay on top and they want to play deep in the post and they want to get back and they want to take that away, great. OK, understand we can live, we'd much rather live with second and five, OK, uh, rather than second and 10 or an interception, you know, a turnover. Mm-hmm. And so I think just understanding that from a play caller standpoint and understanding how do we stay on track um, helps Malik stay on track. And sometimes when you when you have a playmaker or, or one guy that is really your deep shot guy and you call that to him, then you're trying to force at times, the quarterback feels like he's trying to force the ball to him down the field, you know, instead of taking what the defense gives you and just being able to distribute the ball. I thought one of the best things that um, Malik did during, during um, spring camp was distributing the ball. I told him when I came in, look, you're the point guard. Get the ball to your playmakers who are going to score points, right? If you think of yourself as the CEO and the point guard, you're just the distributor of the football. You don't have to do it all. We're not asking you to do it all. At times, you've had to do it all. Okay, you've had to put this. We we have enough talent right now. You do not
3: have to do it all.
1: So let's not let's not try to do it all and, and cause a mistake. Trust the guys around you and get the ball to them.
3: And I love that approach too, because like you said. It's actually a perfect segue into my next question. You guys do have a lot of talent. You've kind of got the four main guys and Tyler and Dean get Amari and then Brayden Smith, but also you've got three really good um, freshmen coming in. Chris Bell, Devon Mortimer, Chance Morrow. Obviously they might not be utilized as much this upcoming season because the wide receiver room, while there's only, I think, eight scholarship guys in there now, there's, there's, they're really top heavy on talent, but how do you envision seeing those three freshmen contributing next season?
1: Yeah, you know, for for me with freshmen, it's always a blank, clean slate. I don't try to come in and have any expectations because I think when you have expectations, one, it puts a little bit too much pressure on them. And then you can be disappointed if it doesn't happen the way that you think it's going to happen. What I like to do with freshmen is give each one of them an opportunity, start like a blank, clean slate and mold them as they're ready. You know, mm-hmm. give them as much as they can handle and bring them along as much, you know, as quickly as they can. You would love for them to all be able to play and contribute at some point. Uh, but what point does it where, where is that? You know, is Chris Bell ready to go game one? I don't know. You know, is Chance not ready until game seven or eight or nine? Uh, but so you 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 know it really is baby steps with those guys um, with, with with freshmen. You know sometimes you're you're in a position of need where you have to force a guy into playing just because, you know, you, you don't have anybody there in that position and, and really relying and counting on a freshman to play. Thankfully, we're not in that position right now. I mean, we, we really have some really good receivers at the top end of our roster, and we feel really good about them. And so those freshmen, they can come along as they can and as they, you know, as, as they mature, uh, whether it's physically, emotionally, or, you know, just mentally with, with, with the system. And so, you know, I like to give freshmen – Every opportunity to play early, I think that's the name of the game now, especially with skilled players, I think with the transfer portal. If you don't give guys opportunity to play early, then, you know, they're, they're looking for other places to go. But at the same time, I'm not going to force guys to play. If you're not ready to play, you have to earn that playing time on the field. I'm not going to put you on the field just because you're a heralded, you know, freshman that, you know, you may or may not transfer. That's not the way that we're, if you get on the field, it's because you've earned that opportunity and we have the trust in you and, and, and your teammates have the trust in you because, you know, it's a disservice to everybody else on that field. If I try to
2: push you along and you're not ready and you wind up making a mistake that costs the team. All right, we've got much more to get into here with Coach Lance Taylor, assistant coach, offensive coordinator for the Louisville football program. We're going to step aside real quick for a break. When we come back, we'll dive more into what's going on with Louisville football and everything you need to know about the 2022 season with Coach Lance Taylor. Louisville's got one of the, just switching it up to the other side of the skill position, uh, Louisville's got one of the deepest running back rooms they had in a while, and obviously that's your background, at least where you came from uh, with Notre Dame was coaching the tailbacks, and you've got the room that's got Tyon Evans, who transferred in from Tennessee, you've got Jalen Mitchell, Trevion Cooley's back, and then the, the dark horse really a guy that a lot of fans got excited with last year in the bowl game was Joar Jordan. So you've got a nice running back room um, and, and I'm not going to ask you so much about the, the running back reps and things like that. But what I want to ask you about specifically is the, the catching the football. That's one mm-hmm. thing Louisville's running backs really haven't done the last couple of years. Last year we saw Jalen Mitchell um, kind of emerge and make a couple of big third down catches. Joar Jordan made a couple of nice plays in the bowl game, but how do you go about um, kind of teaching your running backs to become better receivers um, and being able to do that?
1: Yeah, um, you know, I, I think that, um, you know, Coach, Coach Sims does a great job um, of really training our backs to be complete running backs. Um, and just with my background, having had Christian McCaffrey and Bryce Love and then, you know, even even Karen Williams last year at, at Notre Dame just got drafted by the Rams. That's my that's the that's the type of back that I, you know, really, you know, um, am used to having and, and, and um, you know, love having because I think that they're a weapon out of the backfield. I think that they are, um, you know, a, a way that you can get mismatches uh, against defense where you can get linebackers uh, against, um, excuse me, running backs matched up mm-hmm. against linebackers or safeties. And I think that that's um, a key in, in in the game of football when you talk about playing chess, not checkers, is how do you get those key matchups? And so <clears throat> that's one of the things during the spring that we really tried to work on and evolve was our running back, our pass game skill set. And you saw, you know, Jay Mitch catch, catch a couple of nice screens in, in in the spring game, you know. Um, Jaws has great hands, great you know elusiveness, great route running uh, uh, ability, um, and, and and Cooley catches the ball really well out of the backfield. I think he showed that last year several at several points during during the season, and so really it's just getting them uh, more opportunities to catch the football, helping to evolve that side of their skill set. Because most of those guys, the thing that I've learned with running backs is most of those guys are talented runners and they're natural runners, great running backs. Are, are really great. When you hand them the football, you tell them their aiming point, their track, and their read. Once you hand them their football, they know what to do with it. They can find the hole. They have great instincts. They have great vision. Sure, you can work all of that. All of those are skills. But I spend a ton of my time as a running back coach really working the other uh, aspects uh, uh, of the position for, for running backs, because to me, you know, the route running aspect of it, the, the, the ball skills aspect of it and even the pass protection uh, part part of running backs, those are things that they don't work on a ton. Those are things that they don't get enough uh, work on. And so that's what we've really tried to focus on here. And we really want to get those guys involved more in, in the past game because they can be weapons in, in, yeah. in the past game. And again, you know, let's go back to the conversation we just had about Malik and some of the deep shots, some of the deep play opportunities. Look, if it's not there, let's chalk, check the ball down. We've got running backs so you get the ball in their hands. They can take a, a three yard check down and turn it into a 30 yard game. You know, it, it's a great way to, you know, create hidden yardage. Okay. For your offense. And then it's another way for Malik to not take hits or take hits off of his body. Instead of pulling the ball down and running the football and taking shots, now pull the ball down, get it to your running, back, get it to your check down, you know, get it to your second, third, you know, read in the progression. And, and, and that continues to matriculate the ball down the field and, and, and help keep, you know, the accumulation of hits off off of his body.
3: So Obviously, uh, last year, Louisville had a really good offensive unit. They really have in the three years uh, that Satterfield had been at Louisville up to this point. But one thing that kind of emerged uh, last season was that they were a little bit inconsistent with kind of situational uh, play call or just in certain situations in general, like the red zone or on third down. It's something we've talked about a lot on the show on whether being so run heavy did kind of hurt the offense from a situational standpoint, but how, how are you kind of helping this offense become more situationally savvy, I guess, for lack of a better way of putting it from a play calling side of things. And what do you think needs to be changed or implemented in order for Louisville to be more successful on third down, more successful in the red zone and to capitalize on more of these opportunities, especially late in games.
1: Yeah. You know, coach Satterfield and I had uh, some long conversations uh, about those things in particular, you know, one, uh, when I first mm-hmm. took the job and then throughout the course of spring practice and you know, he was very open to a, hey, you know, Lance, what have you done? You know, other places that you've been, what have other coaches that you've been around that, you know, successful teams that you've been around, what have you guys implemented to help you in situational football? And so we talked through those things and he was, he was very open. We, um, you know, we implemented several of those things that I suggested. You know, throughout the course of of, of spring practice and even this off season, and really it becomes uh, you know a matter of of working situational football, right? Putting putting the players in those situations and working them like they're game like situations, uh, because you can't <clears throat> um, you can't expect guys to execute, okay. Uh, unless they've been in that opportunity, they feel confident because of their preparation. You know, um, you know, we, we, we watched uh, as a team, we watched, you know, um, we're going through some mental performance training and, and, and mental performance skill training stuff that, that's been really uh, helpful. And I think that that helps change your mindset in critical situations. Uh, but one of the you know videos that we watched was, was Kobe Bryant. And, you know, he, he said, you know, the mama mentality, you know, everybody asked him how, You know how he was you know so good in those clutch game winning you know type moments and he said his confidence came from his preparation he had practiced that so much that when it got to the game he was he was confident that he was going to make that shot because he was prepared and i think that's what we tried to do during spring practice was you know we we worked situational football we worked all the different third down we worked low red a ton of low red we red zone plays we worked two minute we worked four minute we worked backed up coming out you know how to you know end the game you know and and we also worked what we called a finish drill which is hey this is when you have to be at your best when the best when, when the game is on the line when you're tired you've got to be at your best to go close out the game and how do how do you finish because i think that that was when one of the things when i look at the film from last year that stood out to me they had opportunities to win games they didn't finish um and yes that was situational football but it was also a mentality and mindset of finishing what you know mm-hmm. what they what they started and so you know we've just you know really made you know we made that a habit every single practice during sp- spring ball work in some type of situational football and then working some type of finish drill at the end where it was competitive. It was at the end when you're tired and, you know, the team that didn't win, you know, had, had some consequences. And so it really sets a mentality and mindset that, you know, you, you're, you got to finish. And even when you're tired, that's when the game's on the line, that's when you have to be at your best. And so I'm excited about what we did. Uh, we, we've still got a long way to go. Uh, but the only way that you can, you know, get better at it is, is, is to continue. Continue to work at it, and I think when you make it a point of emphasis to the players, I think they're more cognizant of it it in their mind. You know, I think they realize there's a heightened sense of awareness on what you're looking for, where we need to be better, and and how how we can be better in that situational football. And so I think just you know spending that time on it in the spring, we've got we've got a plan to spend time on it, more time on it in, in fall camp before we get to the season. I think those things will will definitely pay dividends for us in, in, in the fall. And and then you have, the, the, the bottom line, guys, is you have to go out and execute it in a game and then get confidence. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, because whether it's the first game against Syracuse or second game or against Florida State at home, when that opportunity comes up, we have to go execute it. And if we execute it, now there is a confidence that builds into momentum and you carry that on like man we worked that all offseason and now you see the
2: fruits of your labor yeah and matt to not to cut you off here but coach i just want to say i know a lot of fans last year got um, kind of frustrated when they heard comments about how close louisville was in some of these games we did a deep dive into it 13 points in four games made up all the difference in what could have been a, a 10 win season And I think the momentum is completely different. But at the same time, I'm sure you're seeing the will to win and the hunger that they have from the last two years of being so close is probably uh, going to be a difference maker when they actually step out onto the field.
1: Yeah, I tell you, our our players are, are, you know, pissed off about those losses. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, they're 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 hungry, um, and, and and that's one of the things that I've enjoyed since being here. They they have eaten up everything that I've said and given them and challenged them with because they are tired of losing those close games. They yeah. know that we're good enough to, to win those games. I mean, you know, and so I think that, that that there's a confidence from that too, having gone through some failure and knowing, hey. We've been through that. We've been battle-tested. You know, now now it's our turn. We're, we're, we're talented enough to, to win these games. We've got to go out and execute it.
3: Now I want to kind of switch things up a little bit and kind of touch on recruiting a little bit. Obviously, it's kind of hard to not talk about it nowadays given how insane of a run you guys have been on recently with the class of 2023 being on pace to be the best in school history by a wide margin. Between the support that athletic director Josh Hurts had shown ever since he was thrust into the inner role, the peer-to-peer recruiting that we've seen from some of the current commits, and the amount of high-profile recruits you've been able to get on campus. I mean, you're coming from Notre Dame, one of the blue bloods of the sport, where that's kind of the norm. And you're coming to Louisville, which traditionally has, has is not been a program that recruits at that caliber. Was this run and this momentum something that you expected?
1: Um, you know, I always expect to, uh, to, (laughs) (laughs) that's right. You know, uh, that's part of being a competitor. And, um, I will be honest with you, you know, that was, it's part of why I came here was I saw the excitement that one and, and, and the foundation that coach Satterfield has built. Um, you know, I had a chance to talk with, with Josh Hurd at that time he was the interim, but I was so impressed with, with him. And his vision for, you know, not only the, the athletic department, but also for the program and his willingness to want to give us as a football team all the resources that, that we needed. And then I saw, you know, again, what Coach Satterfield, the foundation that he had laid and all the pieces that he had put in place, you know, I really, I was excited about it. And so, you know, moving forward, yeah, I don't think I could have envisioned, you know, this type of class, Uh, you know, I mean, I think that this is, um, you know, unprecedented territory that we're in and and it's really exciting, Um, but Everybody around this place right now has an excitement and a renewed energy and just a sense of urgency right now. And I think that that's what's really created a, a lot of what's going on is, you know, there, there's 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 um, some excitement, but a sense of urgency for for everybody to, you know, really buy in and dive in. And, hey, let's burn the ships. You know, there, there is no tomorrow. Our time is now and, and, and we've got to do it now and i think I think the I think that Louisville has several you know things that that you know are appealing to recruits and parents and you know I think the fan base and you know not having a pro team, having great facilities having you know be, being a being in the ACC having some marquee players you know recently that this generation knows like Lamar Jackson and Jair Alexander and I mean those things help in recruiting you know those things help create buy-in they say man Lamar Jackson won the Heisman at, at Louisville so can I you know Jair Alexander can be the highest paid cornerback in NFL history so man I can go there and you know go go play and go get developed and, and, and play in the league. And so, you know, all of those things from staff buy-in and commitment and really just relationships, you know, Coach Sad has talked about that a ton, but just building building relationships and, and and then getting them here and letting Louisville sell itself, you know. And then we've done a great job with our current, you know, the current class kind of helping um, recruit themselves, you know. I mean, I think all, all the best classes, listen, all the best classes that I've been in Okay. The top players, some of the best players were our best recruiters, you know, because when you have great players that one, they have the relationships with those guys. Mm -hmm. When they go out and recruit and tell all the great things, it's not coming from us where it sells like it sounds like a sales pitch or a recruiting pitch or just hey, a coach trying to get me to come here, just like every other coach in America. It's coming from one of their boys, from a guy that hey, they ultimately may want to play with. And great players want to play with great players, you know. And sometimes that bond is, you know, a friendship and and and, and playing with uh, another great player that you know, whether it's via seven on seven or some of these, you know, camps that you've been in. Um, sometimes that bond is bigger than I- anything else because the buy-in and the momentum that they start to feel uh, because those other players that that have jumped in.
3: And um, real we'll get quick, you- Jacob, before ahead, you hop in, um, Pete Nocta kind of touched upon this on, in a radio interview about a week or two ago about how a lot of the recruiting philosophy has just been getting guys on campus because a lot of a lot of guys have a preconceived notion that Louisville, and, and, you know, state of Kentucky, I mean, they envision like a rural landscape, nothing. And once they finally get on campus, they see that Louisville is this bustling city. I mean, it's top 25, like population-wide city in the country and they're just absolutely floored from what, from what they see at Louisville. Has that, what has been, what is, what is it like seeing a lot of these recruits, these high profile guys come in and see that, wow, this is not what I expected. This is amazing. This is where I can see myself come here. What, what has it been like watching that play out? Yeah. yeah
1: it's been awesome. And, and out is there is exactly right. We get, you know, we build a relationship and get, you know, recruit and his parents on on campus. This place sells itself and it blows people away. I can't tell you how many people, how many parents, how many players, you know, who've been all across the country. They've been to Alabama. They've been to Ohio State. They've been to Clemson. they've, They've been to everywhere. They come and they were like, Coach, man, I did not expect this man, this place is great. This place is awesome. Man, this place blew us away. I mean, over and over and over again. And honestly, I was the same way. When I got here, I was blown away. I couldn't believe how nice the facilities were, how nice, you know, um, our weight room is, how nice some of the things that we have. I mean, our stuff here is is as nice or nicer than things that we had at, at Notre Dame and other places that, I, that I've been that are, you know, some of the blue bloods, you know, and so I think that that's that's been a great philosophy. I mean, you know, Pete, Pete hit the nail on the head. Get the kids here, get them around us in person, you know, and, and so that we can they can really see, um, you know, get to meet with Coach Sat and see his genuineness, his authenticity, but then just get to see the, all of the facilities and 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 how
2: how great this place is. It's it's second to none. All right, Coach, we'll get you out of here on this last question. We joke about this all the time. Our, our co-host who's not here today, Vincent Lacoco who is a former walk-on, was a student assistant under Scott Satterfield. Great relationship with that staff. We talk about the basketball games a lot. They get played between the staff. Tell me about what you've been contributing on the basketball court out there and where you rank amongst the coaches in uh, the He Got Game <laughs> rankings. <laughs> well, in the He Got Game rankings, I, I'm at the top.
1: You know, okay. um, <laughs> on, the, on, the bas- on the basketball court rankings, I'm, I'm way down on the bottom and I have not played a game. So I, I've had three knee surgeries um, and I just had my wow. actually four. I just had my fourth knee surgery wow. um, last offseason uh, was a minor. They went in and, and it was supposed to be minor, went in and, and cleaned up my meniscus and had some debris and bone on bone. They actually found out my ACL was partially torn when they went in there, oh, God. one that one that had already been been repaired. So I stay off of the basketball court. OK, you know, I want to be able to be functional for, to, to, to play with my kids. But I am not going to um, try to, you know, say that I'm a great basketball player. You know, I'm a try <laughs> hard guy. I'm a try hard guy. Great, de- great defender. Uh uh-huh. Jim rat. And, yeah, yeah. And, and, and on the offensive end, I unbelievable point guard, I'm going to drive and then dish. Okay. Every single time, not, 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 not great point production, but in the, he got game uh, rankings. I, I'm, I'm up there, but this, look, this this staff <laughs> is great. We, in fact, um, in fact, I had the, um, we had our offensive staff um, kind of end of the year party, summer party uh, kickoff last year. So I had them all over to the house and, my wife and I hosted hosted the the whole offensive staff, and we um, we had some some Olympic yard games. So you know there was some can jam going on, some, okay. some Ooh, there we know, go. bags or, or, or cornhole. Um, we we had um, we we had, we had we had we had some good yard games going. So. This this stuff is competitive. We we like to compete and, and, and have a lot of fun. And you know it's it's a lot of fun to be around. I think when you enjoy the people that you come to work with, um mm-hmm. and, and and feel like they're they're great people, you're all pulling in the same direction. It, it, it's 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 fun to come into work. Well fantastic
2: stuff coach Lance Taylor, assistant coach at Louisville offensive coordinator. Thank you so much for joining from the pink seats. Uh best of luck to you guys as you step into the the fall camp and get ready to go out there and get the season going. Coach Taylor, thank you again. We appreciate it.
1: Jacob Matt, thanks for having me. Go Cards. Go-